Hey guys, happy Monday. We are here with a little bit of housekeeping. We are $14 away from our first goal on Patreon, which means we are going to be starting the Crafty Ass Female Book Club very soon. Amanda, do you want to tell them about our first book? Sure. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you would know that I am a super fan of Mari Andrew, who is a writer, a drawer, a writer who draws, an illustrator. She's now released her first book called Am I There Yet? The Loop-de-Loop Zigzagging Journey to Adulthood. And I thought this would be a great first book for our Crafty Ass Book Club that we hope to launch once we reach our goal of $250 a month. And guys, just like Kristen said, we're only $14 away. But yes, we are super close. That's the book. And it reads in it reads like tapas, right? It's little tiny bits of information spread throughout a few chapters with these awesome themes. And I think it would be a perfect first read. So yes. Yeah. And Amanda picked it like even before it came out and now it's on the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, yeah. So that's how cool she is. And I'm like super excited. For oh yeah. I pre-ordered the book like months in advance. <laughs> so I'm like super excited for us to get yeah. to that. So if you guys, um, want to join Patreon and support us and get in on the Crafty Ass Female book club, you should totally do that. You can go to patreon.com slash crafty female and support us at the $5 level and up and you will get access to the Crafty Ass Female book club with, um, a bonus episode of Crafty Ass Female based on the book and amazing, cool, also oh yeah, amazingly cool other bonus features, including our access to our private Discord channel where you can chat with other Crafty Ass Females any time of the day or night on your phone, on your computer, and literally anywhere where you can get internet access. It's a great place to share your projects too. You can just like grab your phone, take a picture of what you're doing, share it in the share projects chat room. It's awesome. I'm addicted. When Amanda's going to design an emotes for us. I don't know if she knows I that yet. I saw that. Adorable. Is that like emojis that's specific to our Discord? Yes. Okay. I figured yes. that, but I needed to clarify. I saw that there was a yes. suggestion in there, but that would be awesome. And then maybe we could put some of them on merch. Oh yeah. <sighs> that's coming soon. That is also coming soon about some housekeeping. So uh, beginning of June, look for the crafty ass female merch shop. Yeah, on today's episode, we have an amazing guest. It is my soul lady, Megan Anderson of The Nerd Nest. She is my BFF, and I love her dearly, and I'm so excited. Um, she is also going to be at Awesome Ladies Live, like we mentioned last week with Amanda um, and me. I'm hosting Awesome Ladies Live here in East Lansing, Michigan, on the weekend of August 18th. It is going to be awesome. I'm teaching four workshops. The theme is self-care through storytelling. doesn't matter if you're a scrapbooker, whether you art journal, whether you want to just learn more about storytelling in general, this is the place for you. Just hang out with some ladies that are like you, doing crafty projects. One more thing before we get into the episode. So uh, Amanda lost her little stupid apple headphone dongle charger thing <laughs> it's a dongle that's exactly the word for me it's like oh my god they they made that word perfectly because every time you say it out loud you just want to like yeah. hit things it's the apple dongle oh my god i just like hate it yes it's that little tiny piece that they came out with the new phones that that you need in order to connect headphones to the phone ridiculous and it's in the port where you charge your phone so you can't do both at the same time so my wonderful and adorable 
Studio headphones have been saving my life. They're wireless, they're pink, they fit in my ear perfectly. Super easy to Bluetooth sync, super easy to charge. This was all stuff I was worrying about. Like I had these he headphones in my hand going like, oh no, not a new technology. I have to quote unquote figure out, but the instructions are super user friendly, super easy to figure out. And my favorite part has been charging my phone in the corner of my apartment with the headphones in, moving around, listening to podcasts, listening to music. It's like the most freeing, awesome, wonderful experience. <laughs> yeah, totally. And if you would like to get yourself a pair of studio headphones, you can save 15% with our code craftyass15. That's the number 15. And uh, on that note, I think we are ready to introduce you to Megan Anderson of The Nerd Nest. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Megan. Hi. How are you? Hi, Megan. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Today, we have Megan Anderson of the Nerd Nest here with us on the Crafty Ass Female podcast. And we're going to talk about crafting with kids, crafting as a mom, being a memory keeper as a mom, and as a woman and a human. Megan is my soul lady. Megan is my BFF. We met through 30 Days of Lists and hung out in Twitter DMs for a long time. And, uh, and now I would like to introduce her to you. So, Megan, where can we find you on the internet? And can you tell us a little bit more about you? You can find me at thenerdnest.com, which is my blog. A lot of Instagram action on Megan underscore nerdnest, which was not the best decision, the underscore, but that's fine. And uh, Megan Anderson on the Awesome Ladies Project. Yeah. Love our awesome ladies. I feel like underscores are not a big deal, but a lot of people get nervous when they're there in their handle. Yeah. You well, know? you just gotta you just gotta push, you know, the the number button <laughs> and the number button again to get to the character and people are just like, I don't wanna do that. Uh, it looks better. I think it looks nice. Right. It looks yeah. really good. But I agree. <laughs> as as the owner of the underscore awesome underscore ladies <laughs> underscore project. Um, I, I really, I'm regretting that decision. So oh, uh, if, I, if I change it in the near future, don't be surprised. It's funny. I, I didn't even realize that all the underscores were there. Cause you know, I just like start That's... typing three letters in my, yeah. like just pops up. Right. That's what I'm saying. Up. I feel like the underscore gets a bad rap. The underscore is an underdog, but we right. talk a lot about social media on this podcast. That's not that big a deal. Right. But if you're, finding, if you're finding somebody for the first time, that's when. Right. Or you have to say it on a podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. That. All Maybe we need, a, we need an True. abbreviation. We need a verbal abbreviation for the underscore. The undie. <laughs> I couldn't say that without giggling because that's I'm a, not a real adult. Megan Undie Nerd Nest. <laughs> uh, okay. Good times. So, okay. Now I'm just picturing on. myself in like Wonder Woman Underoos. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's some that's some really good cosplay. <laughs> Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast. <laughs> Back folks. on track. Let's woo. Let's let's talk about crafting with children. <laughs> so So our audio show is called Crafty Ass Female, and when we chose the name, it's because 
we're obviously crafty females and we do creative projects on the reg, but we liked that crafty kind of had a double meaning because it could mean crafty as creative or crafty as in resourceful ways to live our lives. That goes in our intro for every episode. So now that we have Megan here, we'd really like to hear um, how you define crafty in both respects um, pertaining to you. So I uh, love integrating creativity into my everyday life. My main thing is probably memory keeping. So um, scrapbooking, photography, journaling. Um, but then I also do a lot of variety of crafts. Like I'm a beginner in a lot of things, sewing and knitting, um, home improvement, DIY, gardening, um, cooking. Like I, I try to add creativity into the everyday things that I do. And then um, as resourceful, a lot of it is um, learning how to do things myself. So a lot of, um, some of my crafts are just for fun, but a lot of them are out of necessity. Like it could be uh, $8,000 for someone to fix the outside of my house incorrectly when the bricks are crumbling, or uh, we can buy $200 in tools and watch 20 hours of YouTube and do it in two days. Um, so that's yeah. one way, um, I have to be really flexible with my time and try to figure out how to fit craftiness in and how to fit my own personal time in with my life, with my kids. Um, and then I also have to adapt to some difficult, uh, life curveballs and like extended family situations. So I'm resourceful in that way, I'd say. Adapt to difficult life curveballs. I love that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. Uh, my one little word for this year is elastic. And I feel like that's, oh, that's a lot so of good. what it's about. Yeah. Like, because I, like, I struggle with anxiety and a lot of it is not um, knowing what's going to happen. So for me, I have to, like, per thinking about the different possibilities of how things could turn out and, like, preparing what ways I can so I can control parts I can. Um, really helps me like not worry or kind of dwell on the things that I can't. We're going to have a lot of after chatter to talk about. <laughs> uh, that was fantastic. That was a great answer. Thank you. You are an awesome mom. You're like my mom hero. Can you tell us about how crafting with kids happens in your day-to-day -day life? Yes. Okay. First, I'm going to tell you how many I have and like their ages and everything. So that way when I'm calling them. Yes. Let's, let's talk about the nerd nest family. Also good to know is that I've been a mom for my entire adult life. You have. Can you tell the story of when you found out that you were pregnant with your oldest, Eliza? Yes. I found out that I was pregnant the day before I graduated high school, which was even trickier because uh, I graduated full IB, so it's like taking uh, all college classes for two years. So then everybody was like, "What happened, really, Megan? Like, Woohoo, Megan! Bright future stuff." And I was just like, "I'm not ready to talk to you about this yet." So yeah. I'm just gonna like smile and nod. But um, luckily, my husband Jake is amazing, and we were already like crazy about having kids, and we're like the one teenage marriage pregnancy success story that <laughs> you're gonna hear like our our first date was like 14 years ago and we're still like mushy and disgusting so it worked out really well for us 
uh, college worked out really well for us because uh, we got to claim ourselves as independents and get all of the scholarships and the financial aid. I don't recommend doing that on purpose, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we had 10 years of college between us and not a lot of debt, which that'll, that'll be important in a second. So anyway, so Eliza, so I'm 30, but Eliza's 12, my oldest. And then I found out about Jonas, which we were trying for a long time for him, but found about, out about him right before we graduated college. So then the joke was that we weren't going to be able to have any more kids unless I went and got a master's degree. <laughs> oh, jeez. <Cute. laughs> <laughs> they're all like graduation related. But then um, my youngest is uh, adopted. And so we started by fostering her as an emergency kinship adoption. So she like was related to me when she was born, which like most, most foster to adopt actually in America actually happens that way, but people talk about it a little bit less because it's so like emotionally fraught and like you also have like family stories and other people's stories involved in that. So anyway, so that's Ava and she's lived with us since she was nine months old and she is three now. So that's the age range that I'm working with, 12, Jonas, seven, oh, three, seven. seven, yeah, and three, and then right now, I'm also watching my niece uh, every weekday, and she's 14 months old, and that's sort of like my pay it forward for everyone helping us with Eliza when we were young mm. and in college, uh, which is why that story is important, so that's why I have a whole additional toddler during the day. And then I'm also watching a friend's eight-month-old during the day until the end of May. So I am crawling with children. Holy All moly. of the time. Yeah. And now you understand why I wanted her to be the first mom that we talked <laughs> I about. I am already, yeah. like, blown away. Continue. Well, and then sometimes, like, like, there's, like, two hours in a weekday where there are seven kids here because, like... Children have friends. My, right. They have friends. They're, like, one of my friends whose, like, son is friends with my son like she's a sub and sometimes she's not going to be able to get like back from work before her son gets off the bus so he gets off the bus with my son and then they like play so uh it's like constant chaos here but it's pretty amazing especially now that winter's over and I can exercise them outside that's very important to my happiness <laughs> like that's I, a common really theme on this show so like actually doing crafts with them um so I try to kind of tailor it to their different ages and interests, but then sometimes it's more of a, a family thing. So I try to do something that they can all do and we're all doing it together. So the most recent thing that we're doing Easter crafts this week. So um, we're going to be dyeing hard boiled eggs with Kool-Aid, which um, Jen, I don't know if her last, I'm going to pronounce her last name right, but like giggly. It used to be Hagen Renee, her blog. I don't know if it still is, but she started off scrapbooking and now she's a knitter. She did the Sounds book familiar. We're big on, on weekends blog like, names. Yeah, okay. So she's awesome, but she dies, uh, did a blog post a long time ago about dyeing eggs with Kool-Aid. Ooh. Uh, which Sounds yummy. Nice. It smells so much better than the gross vinegar stuff that they sell in the packet. And it's bright colored. So we're doing that. We're painting fake eggs. We had like a paper mache bunny and for that we bought a target and they cut up 
different colors of tissue paper and then I put Mod Podge on the bunny and they stuck on the tissue paper and I was frantically trying to paint another layer of Mod Podge over the top while they stuck it on and it looks like kind of like a stained glass. Fun. That looks funny. That sounds so, so much fun. Yeah that's like a three dollar project that all of them can do and like that's something that would be stressful if we were doing 10 of them because I feel like I have to be an octopus. Yeah. Like my hands have to be everywhere at once um, but that's something that's good for all of them and it like teaches Ava's three inch so she's working on cutting so like cutting out the squares mm-hmm. is something that yeah is like good for her talking about we're talking about primary and secondary colors so looking at where the colors overlap like does that make another color that's actually why I did it but then it didn't actually work so <laughs> the, color, the colors didn't like you couldn't see through them very well but that's where the idea came from and then back to the primary and secondary colors thing the week um before that, we made homemade Play-Doh and um, used food coloring to color it so that she could like see the primary colors mix into the secondary colors. So do a lot of your crafts have like an educational component to them? Or is that like a secondary purpose? Like if you can kind of get that in there, awesome, but also just art in itself is a good learning experience. It kind of depends on where we're at in their life stage, mm-hmm. I guess. So right now I'm doing like homeschool preschool with Ava. So there's more of the educational things. And it's more just like, you know, I don't think that she actually really needs to know the difference between primary and secondary colors at three, but it's just the act of learning anything helps their brains develop. So that's just a thing that we're picking because I can teach it in seven different ways. And then mm-hmm. she totally. So we like we mixed sidewalk chalk together and we took out their like plastic science kit that they, that lives in my bathroom. And so there's soap scum everywhere all the time because they're always like pretending to do chemistry experiments. Uh, so we used that to mix together different colors of water that we did with food coloring to see those colors mix up. And then we did them with primary and secondary colors with watercolors. And then we saw if it would work with crayons, but she can't really press down hard enough so or like I have my bookshelves are in rainbow order so then we talked about contrasting colors anyway so I mean it takes like seven times of doing a thing for them to pick it up and that's a lot more fun than like doing one worksheet and expecting them to get it so so sometimes and then the kids the big kids like to do a lot more um kind of stem craft projects they did this thing called tinker crate that we Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mail. It's like a, a box that's mailed monthly, and they do things like I don't know. They made like a little planetarium thing. They made a spirograph where it spins like with motors. Um, so those are more stem craft projects. In December, we make well, we try to make an ornament a day, but close to Christmas that stops happening. So then we finish them up in January. So that's just a big variety. They just like doing it. So if I can tie it into something that we're learning. We do that and that's fun, but it's more, they'll just ask for craft projects. They love it. So, you know, most of the kind of crafty things that they're doing, I'm not really sharing on the internet because it's like, we're coloring in a coloring book or you're watercoloring on a giant roll of paper that we have. You know, I mostly share the, the stuff that we do less frequently that maybe somebody else might like to try as well and a little less of the everyday kind of stuff, I think. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm just 
it's it's so like and again I'm coming from a 33 year old childless person and just hearing how many kids you have and that like when Easter comes up naturally Easter projects right so like I'm just thinking like is the like when I want to do a project it's because something hit me that I want to do it but to know that you have like these little people you know what I mean? That are like either looking up at you like, what are we doing? Like, is it, I'm just wondering the, the reason, like, how do you choose? And is it, is, is it every week? Like, I'm just so intrigued by like, do you feel like it's a, a, a necessary part, like a necessary tool to have a craft ready for them? Or is it something that comes from you because you want to do it? You know what I mean? Uh, so I think partially it comes from me. So like, I'm, I'm a crafter and I've been right. a crafter their whole yeah. life. So then they want to be able to do stuff too. That's just like, to them, that's just what people do. Or yeah. I mean, the STEM stuff comes maybe more from their dad. He's also a maker, but he's going to be like printing stuff with his 3D printer or like using a Raspberry Pi to do stuff with circuits and make a light turn on at certain times for his hydroponic system. So we're like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like different kinds of stuff, but like, I, our family is always making things. So they want to be part of that. So right. that's part of it. But part of it for me is just keeping them busy. Like if I had a nine to five job, I would not be doing that much stuff mm -hmm. like that is intense, but I have very, very active children and I'm trying my goals for my eye not to be twitching by 5 PM. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. like, um, well, and that's kind of why we've kind of ramped it up lately. Like Ava, like went through a, if your eyes aren't on me, I'm going to be doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing phase, which is normal for toddlers. And I'm glad that I went through like having the very, very active kid with Jonas so that I know that there's like a point in where I can like sit down and breathe, mm -hmm. but that point's not coming for a while. Mm -hmm. So like, I have to have a constant stream of activities. Like I can't just expect her to like go off and play by herself for an hour if I don't set up something with structure. So it's something that I enjoy doing with them, but like that can also have an educational component and they can have fun. And then, you know, like also our refrigerator is really cute. Yeah. <laughs> fun though. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, then part of it, like the, the educational stuff, it makes it, way more fun for me because mm -hmm. like I like consider my job as a like a daycare provider or a childcare person like I'm severely underemployed <laughs> so yeah. I also have to keep like my brain right working and so that's a way to make it like spending an entire day with a three-year-old and a 14-month-old and 18 or an eight-month-old like way more interesting yeah and nurturing that part of you that that is there too right so what are some other ways that you spend time growing your own crafting self like what are ways that you craft as an adult what are ways that you spend time as you know Megan the crafter not Megan the mom crafting with kids so I always have like a ton like probably too much going on craft wise. So I, I need to think of things in terms of goals and projects and that helps me prioritize them because I have so much going on. So I have like an endless to-do list. So I need it to feel like something that's supposed to be on the to-do list. Totally. And that just helps me bump it up in my brain. 
because it's always my priorities are always like shifting as I'm taking in new information about what it is that needs to get done. So I have things like um, Megan does 52 projects. So I try to do 52 projects in the year and some of the bigger ones with the kids count, but then it's also like home improvement stuff or um, gardening stuff or painting or knitting or what else do I do? I don't know, like all, all the little DIY, like random bits. So then I know that I'm trying to complete about a project a week. And so that kind of keeps me on track with the personal projects. So I usually concentrate a lot more of them at the end of the year for like Christmas gifts and stuff. Like I make a calendar. I made, I made seven homemade calendars. Your homemade calendars are, <laughs> are, in, are intense and wonderful gifts for people. Yeah. So that's one of the projects I was to do. Uh, making those 52 recipes, which is the goal of one new recipe um, a week, which is another, like that's something that has to be done. But if I'm doing new things and that, that's creative, like it's using my creativity and it's expanding my skills. And that's something where like sometimes the kids are incorporated, they love baking. I wouldn't probably bake by myself, but the, like pouring stuff in and the noisy KitchenAid, like that's all great for them. Um, but then like maybe the, the more difficult cooking stuff, that's all me. Uh, so that's like a incorporating um, creativity into daily life. And then um, I fill up a four 12 by 12 albums a year with memory keeping. I mainly do pocket scrapbooking. I do um, weekly plus pocket scrapbooking because I divide them into months. So like the partial week at the beginning of the month and the partial week at the end of the month, those are both its own spread. And then if we have bigger events, those will be their own spreads. And then all between the months, there's thematic and traditional pages. So it's like a ton of memory keeping. <laughs> plus, plus we, we, we know plus, a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Plus like vacation many books and 30 days of lists three times a year and um, like occasional little thematic projects. So like, I just always have a lot, but because it's like, it all fits within a structure for me. Like right. I know this is what I need to do. And there's like a lot of wiggle room and creativity and options within that structure. But because I have goals for myself of how much I want to get done, I can be like, oh, this is more important to me than mopping. Right. Yeah. Something else that needs to anything be done, else. I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> it never ends. It totally. Never ends. And I totally <laughs> identify with. I totally identify with that. Oh, I'm gonna do one project a week, so that's manageable. But then you're doing. But then you're adding projects to do for the week. So it's like a mat, like, oh, once a week, I'll do this once a week. But then when you add three projects to that, then that's three days of the week or like three times of the right. week that you're doing. So I mm -hmm. get that. Like when you started, I was like, oh, she does uh, 52. So once a week and she makes time. But then as you kept talking, you kept adding these projects <laughs> and some months or some holidays, there's going to add even more. So I guess right. while I was thinking, oh, yeah. I was like, I totally identify with that because you 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 get a structure within one project and then you want to add you know oh i'll try this and then go off on a tangent with this mini book but then it just becomes not once a week because you're adding these other things so i guess my mm -hmm. question is like do you, how do you make it simple within each project is there like a trick for yourself where you like like for me i know lately i've been going digital so digital stuff makes it easier and seamless and i just have to plug in you know so 
Like, how would you make just, it easier? Well, I don't always make it easier. I just right. kind of evaluate what's going on in my life right mm. then. And f- then I decide for myself if I need to m- make something easier, if I have wiggle room or time mm-hmm. um, to do more. So usually, like, out of all of those projects, like, even though I'm trying to do one a week as an average for the year, like, th- I might do eight in December mm-hmm. and, like, one in March. And that is fine for me. Like, I just know that it kind of helps me keep on track, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, I know that I'm not going to be able to do a whole heck of a lot during the day with this many kids, but then I also know that that is going to end in May. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll be able to do more in June. Or um, like right now, we're going really heavy into home improvement stuff. Like um, our house is attacking me. It's really, I love it and it's amazing, but right now it's evil. So a lot of my spare time is going to this home improvement stuff. So I don't have a lot of time for the memory keeping. Gotcha. So um, I'm going a lot more simple than I normally would. Um, I'm like embellishing a lot less than I'm doing right. in my dining room and like batching stuff and doing a little bit more digital journaling and only working out of like the stuff that fits into a tiny box instead of having my whole mm-hmm. office. Um, so then that way I can get like seven spreads done in like three sittings over five days and it's not a big deal. But then when my office is fixed and the house is not attacking me, then I will be making like big, beautiful mixed media stickery kinds of things. So it's just where I'm, pouring my energy yeah and I saw on your website for 100 days it's it's like for the 100 um projects house projects kind of again tying into what you need which is to fix your house that's attacking you right yeah so I I'm doing um 100 days of project progress so that way even if I'm just like scraping off a little bit of grout or um, like cleaning up a bunch of leaves. Like if I'm doing little things that don't take very long during the week, that'll help us focus, like just get to what needs to be done that I can't do the kids around on when we have time on weekends. I love that. Um, and I did projects too, cause we're going out of, t- instead of home improvement, cause we're going out of town for part of the hundred days project. So like, I want to be able to count knitting. I don't want to be trying to like research how to set fence posts in right. Yellowstone <laughs> where there's no, GPS. So, another great way that you've been making one of your hashtags easier, your Megan's Does 52 Recipes, is using meal order kits. Yes. So, um, our friend Amy uh, turned me on to Plated, and I really thought that I was just going to do my one free box, but then it was so good. Um, Like, it's a really good foodie one. So a lot of times Ava and I are the only ones that like it and everybody else is sad. So I will (laughs) like invite my mom or like a friend who actually likes vegetables over (laughs) sometimes when I do those. But yeah, so I'm breezing through the 52 recipes way faster. Like the past two years, I only got 52 because like the last three days of the year, I was like, we're going to be intense and do 10 new recipes (laughs) every day because why not? We're on winter break. Um, but this year I'm already like at 32 or something. Like yeah. That. So, yeah. I've been loving watching your progress. Which feels like it's cheating 
but really, it's I mean, it's definitely still, I just, not cheating. I just only didn't have to grocery shop like that. Right. They sent you the recipe. You got the recipe card. You can watch. You can yeah. make the recipe over a million times. You learned how yeah. to do it. And it's they're just so good. And I I thought that it would be too expensive at first, but it turns out that like three servings is fine for our five people because yeah. two of them eat like small people and 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 your husband doesn't eat vegetables. Right. And Abe and I used to go out to eat once a week to eat stuff that everybody else didn't like for lunch but we can't like that's not fun with babies i mean it's, we've done it before no. but it's not fun so then the going out to eat budget just went into the megan gets plated every other week or every three weeks that that um, sounds yeah. like that's so that's such a reasonable and smart adult decision it's just it's that's brilliant yeah well no, that's the other thing so with all the craft stuff like what gets budgeted where changes so like because of all the house stuff I unsubscribe to some of the kits that I normally subscribe to because I don't actually need more scrapbooking stuff it's just exciting to have yeah um, <laughs> totally so like that money is going into you know gravel route yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now instead so it's just kind of being flexible with like as long as I'm getting creativity and I don't actually super care yeah no I totally hear you my my fun money this month is going to like compost i just learned yesterday that um our zoo sells sells the compost and a lot of like the farmers at the farmers market get it so a lot of my food comes from elephant poop and that's amazing <laughs> that's uh. pretty fantastic um yeah so one of my favorite things that you do one of my favorite mantras of yours is called document now make later which I think must be happening a lot with you right now because mm-hmm. there must be a ton of things that are happening right now in your life that you can't possibly have the time to, you know, document fully, um, you know, or make fully, but like you need to like get down because like they're happening. I mean, especially with like Ava, who is literally, I mean, okay. So time out, story time. <laughs> Knowing Ava from the time that she has existed as a human. Ava is one of the most photogenic people on the planet. And not being able to share photographs of this child was brutal. I mean, like, it was legit torture. She's also actually obsessed with Kristen. Like, Kristen lives 10 hours away, but she'll ask me once a week, why aren't we going to Kristen's house today? Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you real quick. So Ava has a thing. She loves characters and she wants character um, hair. Character hair. Like, yeah. So if she wants Harley Quinn hair, that means pigtails. Oh, I got it. Is a top bun, which I think it's fun that I'm a character (laughs) also. And tip hair is like just the front of it is a top bun. Oh, yeah. Ariel hair, like her hair is really curly, but Ariel hair is just like side parted, and Merida hair is not side parted. Did she t- did to, she like, explain this, or no, you deciphered the code? Some of it you have to decipher. Like like okay. Barbie hair was hard because I thought that was a high ponytail, but it wasn't. <laughs> it's a low ponytail because for her it's about coming long on her back. Not I see. Okay. Anyway, I'm saying this because she I forgot that last week she said that she has Kristen hair because she had a bun that was like lower <laughs> in the back. Like yours, I just did it because her hair was huge and I really needed to decondition it. And and she was like, Mom, I have Kristen hair today. Oh and I meant to take a picture and send it to you, but then I you know it, I. It's just <laughs> that is great. Yeah, no, Ava was here for Awesome Ladies Live in June, <laughs> and we did some cooking together. And Ava was not yet three at that point. 
That's and the then Ava came back right after you guys adopted her, right after the adop- adoption was final. Everybody got in the van, and the Andersons came up for Labor Day weekend. It was, like, literally the best present <laughs> I've ever gotten. And Ava ate all of your tomatoes. Ava ate all the tomatoes. We went out to the garden. She just picked them, and it was amazing. The Andersons came up for dinner sounds like a great movie. <laughs> it was. It was fantastic. <laughs> and Ava came into the house, and she immediately remembered exactly where I put the step stool so that we could cook again together. Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind. And so I was that like, you could make squishies because she wanted <laughs> the bread dough. She wanted to make bread dough. It was just the best thing. <laughs> so I am going to share that photo of Ava. But being as how, you know, so much of our lives is on the internet. So much of what we do and share, we put online. And especially as, you know, women who make their income sharing parts of their lives on the internet. What was it like having a person in your family, you know, a a member of your family growing up, living, I mean, she was with you for more than two years and you couldn't put any information about her, any part of her story, any part of, I mean, any part of your story with her in it, in text, in pictures, in photos, in, in your scrapbooks, none of that was allowed to be online. Can you tell me about that? So that, that made it um, really difficult, mostly because since I like worked from home, so then I was with her all the time. Almost all of my waking hours were spent with her. So Your stories that, were just completely intertwined. Right. So, um, so I had to cut back on what I was sharing a lot, um, but the which is fine. But the tricky thing for that was. I was teaching a pocket scrapbooking, like a year-long online pocket scrapbooking class during that time. It was called Pocket Year Year. I did it for three years, two years. And I, I mean, it, it was a recurring thing that I did. So that was like my thing. People knew that. So um, sharing a week at a glance of your life doesn't really work at that point. So I know a lot of people who have fostered, like they'll do inserts and they'll just share the page without the insert. And then they'll put the like foster kid inserts in later. But I didn't want to do that. Like one of my goals is a, like as a memory keeping teacher or when I've been on creative teams is I will only make the things that I would make anyway. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to change the way I was telling my story because of what I could share because the story's for me. So what I did for that was, um, I, so I would share some of my pocket scrapbooking online and blur her out, but it was pretty stressful because yeah. I had to like reread all my journaling and make mm-hmm. sure I got her name out. Like it took, it, that made it kind of tricky for the memory keeping. It also had to be conscious of that it was also her story and that we didn't know what was going to happen. So we weren't, up until parental rights were terminated we didn't know if she was going to be staying with us or not. So I had to be yeah. mindful of that. Like if she went Absolutely. back with her first parents and then she came over and like looked at those books, like she would be able to look at the time that she lived with us, but like it wouldn't, like we wouldn't be her parents anymore if that was, what, mm. yeah, it was what Absolutely. Keep that in mind and then still like be respectful. So a lot of the negative emotions that maybe I would be feeling or like the hard stuff that I was going through, I wouldn't put that, in the scrapbooks because like it's also her story it's also yeah. her mom's story that's that's one of the things that i really respect 
about you as a mother is that you take the time to understand that, you know, you are the storyteller and, you know, you are doing this for you and your albums are, you know, for you, you know, they are Megan scrapbooks, but you are representing the stories of a whole bunch of other different humans that are still going through their stories. Their stories are still emerging and the way that you respect your children's privacy and the rights to your children's stories is so admirable to me. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how um, you're dealing with Eliza and mm-hmm. coming of age as a, she's 12 now, so she's going through a lot of the stuff that happens at that age. And, the puberty um, is coming. Yeah, the puberty fairy. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you guys don't watch Big Mouth, you guys should watch Big Mouth because the puberty fairy is, uh, Maya Rudolph plays the girl puberty fairy and she is like the bomb She's the best. I just do that all the time, like with the with the flying hair. I want the flying fire hair. But if you watch that, I think I think it's not until like maybe the third episode where it's as much about the girls as it is about the boys. Start watching it and feel like this is disgusting and pubescent boys and ew. Yes, yes. You you need to you need to get to the girl puberty. You need to get to where Maya Rudolph has her like moments. (laughs) So there's kind of like a different process for me about like what goes in the books and what it's like a screening process for what goes in the books and what goes online. So in the books, I'm mostly just concerned with um, not shaming them. Right. So um, I want to be honest and age appropriate, but I also don't want to go into like details about the things that make them feel bad about themselves. So like, um, if they're having like a really bad day and I'm having a hard time with them, then like I might write down that I'm like having a hard time or like having like a a hard parenting moment, but I'm not going to go into detail about like, I'm not going to be like, my kid's a jerk and here's why, you know? Right. Um, But like, but like I will put in like funny stuff, like, you know, toddlers break a lot of things or what Homer Jonas was a toddler. He was, he was walking at nine months. He could crawl out of his crib when he was one he wasn't even 18 months old yet, and he was, like, moving furniture to climb up on the counters. Yeah, Jonas's windows uh, stories. I, will, I wouldn't open up the windows on the second floor, because he... And he's broken two windows with his body. It's a very... Deep, so, like, it's not just... It's not just that I have three children. It's, like, the specific children that I have. It's <laughs> yeah. rough. You, you crafted very right. specific, excellent children. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing, but, like, they're just, like, periods in their life where it's, like, really high-stress parenting them, but... Anyway, so, like, funny, cute stuff like that, yes. But, like, stuff that would bring them shame, no. Um, and I don't I don't ask Eliza if I can put a picture in a scrapbook, but I wouldn't want – I wouldn't put one in there if I, like, think that she would think that she looks horrible. But I do ask her if – before I share stories of her online or photos of her online, if she – like, I clear it with her first. And I started doing that when she was, I don't know, like, nine or ten – I'm not sure. When I started to notice that she cared about how she looked in photos. Yeah. Then I started asking her about what I could share. So if I, she doesn't want me to share something, then I'll like blur it out. Um, or even if we think a story is cute and harmless, but like when we're talking about it to the kids that they like, um, like Jonas and crush stuff, he like doesn't want us to talk about that. So I'm like, I think that's a super cute story, but I'm not going to make a scrapbook page about that. Cause if you don't even want me to like, 
tell your grandparents about it in front of you, then you don't want me to make a scrapbook page about it. Sure. Yeah. That seems totally yeah. reasonable. Um, so that, and then, um, I document, like there's, they have, um, medical stuff that really plays a lot into our daily life and it's an important part of my story, but then I don't share that online because, um, they should be able to decide whether or not they want their medical stuff out there and they shouldn't have to, I think a lot about like future employers or like mean girls in high school. Like if they yeah, find my absolutely. blog, like how could that negatively impact their lives, mm -hmm. you know, and try to minimize that. But there's like, there's no rule book for being a parent of children in the age of the internet. It's kind yeah. of. Yeah. And all the rule books like, for parents before weren't very good. So, no. Uh, maybe yeah, you shouldn't yeah. listen to those ones either. Yeah. Right. So I'm not, th these are the things that I've thought about a lot and this is how I've decided to do it um, for our family. But I don't think like that, that is the across the board right way to do it or that everybody should do it that way. I think that there's like a lot of different benefits. Like, people who are advocates for their kids with special needs online like that is fantastic. And that is a good resource for other parents. But like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not that person. That doesn't mean like that. I think that they are. Oh no, like, we get it. Invading their kids privacy or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I also, I know that like mom guilt, the mom guilt is real. So I don't want other moms reading this and be like, Oh, like I went to the emergency room and shared that with my kid. Am I a bad mom? No, you're not. Like, no, you're <laughs> definitely not. Oh my God. No. But like, you know, you got the negative self-talk, so I wanted the right. disclaimer. Oh, yeah. Hey, so I know we are loving this interview with Megan, but I wanted to take a quick pause and tell you one more thing. While I'm editing all these interviews with these amazing, lovely ladies, I am absolutely loving my studio headphones and the way that they let me walk around my studio and edit these videos on the fly. It has saved me, I cannot even tell you how much time. And if you want headphones that let you walk around the house, walk around your office, walk around doing your thing, and have like headphones that work and look cool and don't break the bank, check out studio.com and use our code craftyass15. That's crafty ass and the number 15. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Thanks so much for Studio for supporting us. And thank you so much to the listeners for supporting us. Now back to Megan, Amanda, and me. Okay, so circling back before, before I got, um, woefully distracted by beautiful and adorable and heartbreakingly incredible Ava. Um, we were talking about my favorite mantra of yours, uh, document now, make later. So tell me a couple of ways that that has infected your life. So I came up with that mantra um, to remind myself that even if I don't have time to make things, to actually be get, to get out the paper and glue or print photos and, and edit things that what's important is for me to continue taking photos and jotting down uh, notes to myself or recording journaling, because if I have that, it absolutely does not matter when I'm actually making stuff with it. And a lot of times the things that are um, some of my favorite things to document, they're really busy times. So like when there's more to document, I have less time to actually make things totally. out of that. Um, so it does. Yeah. And I, uh, my, Albums are structured chronologically. And when I used to tell, say that I'm the chronological scrapbooker, I didn't realize that people thought that that meant that like, if I haven't documented week like two Friday, then you can't document Saturday. Yeah. 
that's not what I mean. That's just is how they're organized. Like I used to have it organized like um, by like people or themes and that didn't work for me. I wasn't getting kind of a cohesive story. So now like I know where everything goes. So it doesn't matter what order I put it in. Like sometimes I pick things based on what's going to be easiest for me to do or I have an idea for something. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't, I don't get stressed about being like behind because I know that I have it and yeah. it's all there to be able to like the point for me is, is the memory keeping. It's like a superpower. If you ask me like to name five things that happened in 2006, I'd kind of have trouble because I was only making like cute scrapbook pages with cute pictures of like baby Eliza and flowers. And there wasn't like stuff about our daily life. I don't like, if you ask me how I got through college, I don't really know. I don't remember what my day today looked like. I was sleeping for three hours a night, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but now like I can remember things really well and what year they happened. And it's because part, partially because I can think about what the scrapbook page looks like or the documentation itself looks like in addition to having that memories themselves. So I don't know when I'm like 80 and have dementia, I'm gonna have my whole life laid out. And that's amazing because <laughs> otherwise I'm like, what did I do with my life? I don't know. I know exactly what I did with my life, but right. I wouldn't otherwise. So do you have a long-term plan for your albums? Uh, I have a very large house. And by the time <laughs> the albums uh, are taking up too much space, the kids will be gone and I can just put claxes in their room, right? Rooms, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't like I expect, that only I care about them so they're definitely going to stay with you yes so like I'll have like mini books here and there that are like specifically for the kids that are kind of like little love notes to them but if they are really interested in the memory keeping then there are digital copies and they can make like little digital photo books of their favorite pages or something really easily they can make copies of those I don't think that they're gonna want like I don't know like a thousand pounds of scrapbooks. <laughs> yeah, no, probably done. This is not. Oh, you know, I, I I agree with you. <laughs> like I I will do some things for them. Like they they ask me to take pictures of things. Like they're very trained. You can t- I like you can tell that they're scrapbooks children. <laughs> oh yeah, no. When E was here, like we went through my scrapbooking stuff together, so I could give her stuff to scrapbook. Kristen, it's all over the floor. She didn't put anything back in the packages. It's so messy. I'm gonna murder her. Um, <laughs> everywhere. She, yeah, she's doing some of her own scrapbooking now, which is really great. And those are her things. But yeah, so when they want me to include things that they think are interesting about their lives, I will include that. Or sometimes totally. I'll like ask them like little interview questions or whatever, and they love looking through them and seeing pictures. Um, of themselves and pictures of their family members like are um, a lot of the women older women in our families who were more self-conscious about having their photo taken when they saw like how often the kids look at that and they can like actually see how often those people are in their lives like then they wanted their picture taken because they want to be in the scrapbook because they want the kids to know that like they, they exist parenting. <laughs> yeah totally. yeah so like that's so like it it benefits more than just me but nobody needs that. Nobody needs this amount of things. You aren't to. planning on, like, bringing all of your scrapbooks to, like, first day of freshman dorm orientation when E, like, goes away to school? 
You're not like gonna like pack up the, you the, know the what, van though? and like, be like with her being the person that she is, she might like ask for that. She, she might. Like, roommate, like really needs to know who I am as a person. Can you please bring like <laughs> like spring 2015? <laughs> like, like I don't know. Anything is possible. Yeah, and I used to when I worked at a local scrapbooking store, we'd have a lot of people who would make duplicates of the same page for like their children or their grandparents grandchildren or they'd get upset if there weren't like enough embellishments to make the exact same page because mm. they didn't want one kid to feel like I don't my I biggest don't problem with that my like it. my actual biggest problem with that is that everyone expects that all of their children are going to grow up and live in houses I live in the midwest and I bought my house right after the recession like I have the space yeah, buy a storage unit yeah, just, just for your craft. Say. And then the storage unit gatekeeper will be like, did you make another album? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I got to put it in. Like, yeah, but, you know, and there's, a, there's a lot of people in the scrapbooking community that will, like, remind people, like, you don't have to scrapbook everything. And that's right. to take the person off. But, like, I'm here to tell you that if you want to, you can. Like, yeah. I go overboard. Yeah, Megan's the I, maximalist in our world. Yes, I am the maximalist. And... It makes me happy, and I'm yeah. yeah, Megan sets the bar high. So one of our mutual favorite projects, Allie Edwards' Week in the Life, begins today. And we just talked last week to Allie about how this is such a great way to tell the stories of your everyday, right-now life. I know you do a couple of cool things with Week in the Life, so why don't you tell us how you've tackled this project before? I've been doing it since 2012, once a year, and 2012, actually, I think is the only one that's not finished, I want to say, because um, I made photo collages with it, I was just starting digital, and like, if you don't know what you're doing in Photoshop, resizing photos is hard. It really is. Yeah. Nobody's like, here's how to make a photo collage with weird weird sizes, Um, probably now, that would be there now, but I had a hard time finding it then, so it was taking me forever. And I still have all the documentation, so when I feel like going back and finishing that up, it won't be a problem. It'll be a lot faster now. But I did it in its own album. I didn't like it in its own album. I don't just because it. I don't. I don't feel like it needed it, and it was like takes up as much as a space as a twelve by twelve did middle eight and a half album. So next year I decided I was going to do it in um, my pocket scrapbooking album, and there was a spread for each day. And some of them had inserts. One of the ways I decided to make it easier for myself was to focus on one person a day. It kind of narrowed it down. And so I wouldn't have quite so many stories I was trying to tell every day. So having that lens got me to tell a full story about what each person's routine was like. And I wasn't like, take photos at work every day, Jake. So he doesn't like love being photographed that much. He's a little self-conscious, but he like loves the results. So I just have to remind him (laughs) making just one of the days like all about him is a lot better for him than I'm gonna take pictures do you assign a day at the onset or does it kind of evolve everyone's day I do at the onset so it's like I look at the schedule and it's like what makes the most sense for Mm. a person so like if like Jonas has a soccer game or something interesting yeah going on with that person then that is that's part of their like overall routine that I do that last year I haven't shared last year because at that point I was just like exhausted with the blurring and I was like not even going to try. I didn't do one person a day last year because things were so chaotic and our schedule was nuts and I really wanted to represent that. So I was good at at 
by that point at like making photo collages and including a lot of things and I knew I wouldn't get overwhelmed if I had like 150 photos a day to go through which I, maybe I did maybe it wasn't that much but I, I knew that like the quantity wasn't going to overwhelm me but I really wanted to show what our life looked like because we were sharing a car at that point and I had like extracurriculars almost every day which I used to think parents who did tons of extracurriculars were nuts but then I was like oh I'm just paying somebody so I can stay here and read for an hour while I exercise my kid totally willing to chauffeur for that it was just like really chaotic and I wanted I knew it wasn't always going to be like that and I just really wanted a record of how nuts <laughs> that sounds so awesome though <laughs> yeah complete aside I looked at those pages just today and Kristen turned me on to the not using um, glue dots for the little rubber embellishments. So I used liquid glue on them and it did the same thing. It also made the gross chip stain (laughs) bad thing. So I guess we're only using tape runners on those. Uh, Red liner tape works too. Okay, I'm out of that. You know what's funny is last year I used a tape runner on those lemons that you were talking about, Kristen. Yeah. And they did not leave a stain, but because I used the same book I put them in for my 30 list, so I saw that page like recently, and it's it's still something happened. It's still like had an oily reaction, but it didn't get on the page. But when I touched, yeah. Maybe we need to stick to, like, staplers. Yeah, mm. like hardware. Nothing chemical. <laughs> maybe I don't know, I'm just, like, going to stop using those rubber embellishments. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed. <laughs> They're cute. And the They're very cute, so but, big. like, we can't have them ruining all of our projects. <laughs> no, it's completely unacceptable. Mm-mm. All right, guys. So to conclude our interview with Megan, we are going to do our lightning currently round. Our lovable Kristen has created a currently card that she's known for, and we thought it would be fun to go through what's on her currently list with our guests that we interview. So Megan, are you ready? I am. Okay. What are you... Oh, and you've done this list in a very unique way. Would you like to explain? Uh, well, I decided that for each of these, I do my mom answer and my individual answer since this is the crafting with kids episode. Oh my gosh. So fun. Okay. <laughs> so, so basically you're going to be answering each of these currently's with two answers, what the mom mm-hmm. Megan would say and what individual Megan would say. Here we go. Megan, what are you currently watching? Two extra babies. <laughs> oh God. And then, um, I'm really excited about Ready Player One coming out this weekend. Okay. I've been seeing lots of trailers for it. So that's what you will be watching. Love it. Mm -hmm. Everyone says Steven Spielberg's direction is amazing, but the story is not. But I thought that the story was pretty good. So I think you'll have a really good time. I liked the book enough to then read it out loud to my family. So so I I think think you're going to have a fantastic time. Like, like, I think a lot of critics don't like sci-fi. Like a lot of people were... You know, Bash and Wrinkle in Time. Like, if you don't like kids' movies and you don't like sci-fi, don't go see Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> Pretty much. I love it. Okay, Megan, what are you currently reading? Uh, Dragons Love Tacos, which is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. Don't give them spicy salsa. It's very important. Um, and then to the bigger kids, uh, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls 2. Oh, nice. And I'm reading a biography on Marie Antoinette. And I just finished... Uh, the City of Brass, which is like a fantasy that takes place in 
like Cairo in the Middle East. Oh, that sounds sexy. Wow. It is. It's because there's like gins and stuff. Mm. <laughs> Megan, what are you currently listening to? Uh, so Try Everything <laughs> by Shakira <laughs> 60 times a day. <laughs> It would just get stuck on one thing, like what does the fox say sixteen times a day? <laughs> but right now, try everything. And then um Janelle Monet's two singles from her new album that's coming out uh really soon, Dirty Computer, and I'm nice. really excited about the rest of them. Fun. What are you currently making? Uh Easter crafts with the kids and uh closets in closets. my <laughs> closets. Closets. I love it. <laughs> what are you currently feeling? Tired is the mom answer, and motivated is the individual one. So opposing. Yeah, they're so like contradictory. <laughs> what are you currently planning? Uh, so a uh, unit on spring. Like I'm gonna teach Abe about weather and plants, life cycles, and plants growing stuff. And then uh, my 100 days project. Very cool. And last but not least. Last but not least, what are you currently loving? Uh, playing outside weather, being available, and having a clean maker space. Yeah. Love it. Very nice. Well, Megan, do you have some extra time to uh, chat with us on some after chatter? I do. All right. Let's, uh, let's head on over there. Uh, ladies, it has been amazing chatting with Megan. And... Uh, of course, you can always come and hang out with us on patreon.com slash craftyassfemale. And uh, we will we'll get into some pretty awesome stuff over there tonight, I think. Um, you can see After Chatter After Dark because it is, it is dark out here. <laughs> it is the latest we've recorded. It is. Yes, it is. It is a nighttime <laughs> episode. And, and I can tell you it is going to be extra, extra awesome. Um, we will catch you next week with another awesome episode every Monday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, if you love us, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Otherwise, we will catch you next week. Lots of love, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.